0: Hey everybody, Colby here. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: To this week's content edition of Never Bay Varsity Podcast. My name is Maverick Hart. You can find me on Twitter at heartbreak underscore underscore kid.
2: Oh, sorry. I forgot it was me. My name is Aaron. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman.
0: And I am Colby. Uh, is later in the week. And I am probably having an okay day. You can find me on Twitter at ColbyComplains, all one word.
1: So, how, how are we I... doing
0: this Thursday?
1: I think I'm going to be good on Thursday. I don't know. It's too hard to tell.
0: Uh, should we just jump into it?
1: Absolutely. Let's get yeah. some content. Because we're chock full this week.
0: Do you want to lead off with Star Wars or hold back?
1: I got to I got to prepare myself. It's important stuff.
0: Then we'll hold back. Uh I saw Venom on Friday after work. And it was a movie that has split audiences kind of. Well, it's it's a big split between critics and audiences. Uh, critics were not digging it. The last time I checked Rotten Tomatoes, it um, they were giving it a 4.4 out of 10. Uh, and audiences were giving it, I think, 8.8 uh, 8 out of 10. Or something around there. I normally line up with critics when I see movies. In this case, I totally lined up with the audience. I really like Venom, and I'm kind of mad at how much I liked it. Um David's normally here to ask me questions, but he had to take off to be an adult. So I he put some questions in our group me and I'm gonna answer them now. Uh how is Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock? Great. He the So Tom Hardy also plays Venom. Spoiler alert. Eddie Brock turns into what? Venom. <laughs> what? And I feel like they're I mean, of course, the chemistry between Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy was really great. This is, at its core, buddy comedy. It wasn't advertised as such, which is weird. I think they really should have played up how funny this movie was going to be, because Venom was hilarious and funny on purpose. Um, There weren't many times I was laughing at the movie. Almost the whole time I was laughing with it. I wish that the rest of the cast knew what movie they were in. Uh, it seemed like Tom Hardy was the only one who knew that he was in a really weird comedy. Um, Michelle Williams had a really bad wake, but I think she figured out what movie she was in halfway through. Uh, Riz Ahmed, who was playing Brown, Elon Musk, was just in a different movie altogether. But yeah, Tom Hardy really carried this movie for me. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, So much so that his accent didn't bother me whatsoever. I think critics don't like this movie as much as audiences do. Is because the story structure isn't great. The first act is too long. It takes way too long for Eddie to become Venom. The second act is almost non-existent. And by the time you get to the third act, you might be having fun, but you realize that you barely have gotten to know anybody, like any of the characters in this movie. Uh, There was one more thing. It just crossed my mind, and I forget what it is. But yeah, Venom. I would recommend it. I think it's a good movie. And I do not feel any shame about liking it.
1: It very much seems like it is the opposite of what, you know, say episode eight was, where it was uh, the critics really loved the movie, but then the fans didn't seem to. But we already, we did spoke last year where some of that was not exactly accurate and it was misinformed with some bots. But it's very interesting, though, to see when it's an inverse relationship in reviews.
0: Yeah, I. I think that it's a little bit different here where I feel like a lot of audiences are going to have a really good time when critics who see movies all the time and have and they see what a well-constructed movie looks like um will see the the cracks in the movie. Uh Tom Hardy has said they cut about 40 minutes out of this movie. And I can see where that 40 minutes came from, and it was probably all just Tom Hardy improv Um This is a, a slight spoiler, but not really. Um, I don't really think it's that much of a spoiler, but at one point uh, during production, they were walking around this place they were going to be in, and he saw a lobster tank. And when he walked into the restaurant saw the saw um, the lobster tank, he said, by the end of the scene, I'm going to be inside of that lobster tank. And they, they built, um, they got live lobsters and put them in the lobster tank for him in that scene. It gets really weird, but it's still really funny. And I feel like a lot of that is going to be lost. It might be in a director's cut somewhere, but I think it's, the movie is worse for not having more of the weird comedy and more of a serious superhero. So, yeah, go see Venom. I think it's good.
2: Not going to lie. Every time I see Venom written out on Twitter, I read it as Venmo.
0: And I'm like, is
2: it a documentary about the service?
0: That sounds like a... Very, it, it's either going to be like the most boring or the most interesting documentary ever. Or maybe
2: it's like the social network where it's not necessarily a documentary.
0: Bring back Jesse Eisenberg and put him in every cinematic universe. <laughs> uh, Jesse Eisenberg, your new Captain America. Uh, oh, that's something we can talk about. Did y'all hear about or see that? See what? Chris Evans tweeted a really weird not weird but he posted a cryptic goodbye
1: oh yeah wasn't he calling it America shooting for something? avengers 4 right
0: yeah so shooting wrapped on avengers 4 and three days ago as we record and Chris Evans tweeted, officially wrapped on Avengers 4. It was an emotional day to say the least. Playing this role over the last eight years has been an honor to everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and in the audience. Thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. Uh, that really sounds like a goodbye to me.
1: I, I think it's just the end of the series. I mean, who knows? I mean, if anyone is, I mean... It- Captain America could could easily go in the last movie because he's always the one that's like the heroic, sacrifice yourself, like put everyone else um, before himself. But I generally I think it's more of like just a general goodbye to the series because, like I said, for the most part, it seems like this is the end of the run of the what eighteen year uh, Marvel marketing plan to get all of these movies uh, put in theaters.
0: 10 year 18 movie Mm -hmm. um i i think that a lot of the characters that start like the core six characters have kind of finished their time in the mcu and are ready to move on to different projects i'm pretty sure chris evans directed a movie this year like he's ready to I think he's ready to not be Captain America anymore. I think that's, that's true of uh, the other Chris and um, RDJ and perhaps ScarJo and um, oh, Jeremy Renner. So we'll see. We'll see. Chris 2 and Chris 3 are ready to move on. So we'll let them go. We, one day we should power rank the Chris's. Because I have very strong feelings. <laughs> we'll
1: have to get those prepared.
0: But as a teaser, Chris Pine. Best Chris. <laughs> um, but Aaron finished Stranger Things, finally.
2: Yes, I did. Um, Yeah, the end of the season was really good. Rip Bob. Justice for Bob, justice for Barb, justice for Muse. Muse deserved better. And then the family, the mom just got a new cat like nothing happened. Also, what the heck happened to Yertle? Justice for
0: Yertle. Who else needs justice, Aaron?
2: Um, season 2 Steve Gave justice to season one, Steve.
0: <laughs> I, love I love season one, Steve. I just love Steve. Steve's great.
2: Season two, Steve is my favorite. Well, other than Dustin. I love <laughs> Dustin. Dustin is by far my favorite character, but season two, Steve is definitely second place.
0: So, before the episode, we were talking about... Or, last week, I mentioned I really like season two uh, sans one episode. I believe so. S- spoiler warning for Stranger Things season two. Yeah,
1: I Are mean I do already do it? said the pop died, so <laughs> <laughs> just completely let the floodgates out.
0: Yeah, it's so. been
1: a, it's been like over a, almost a year now, so we're good. If you haven't watched <laughs> Stranger Things yet,
2: they already finished recording season er, shooting season three. So like, if you haven't seen season two, you're behind.
0: Someone will put a spoiler alert in the in the tweet when it goes out for the, the things that we talked about in turn. Today.
1: We yeah. almost were able to be in Stranger Things, I guess. I'm I'm just gonna be able to say that. Because the band Oh yeah,
0: because they needed a marching band. Um oh wow. Oklahoma just fired Mike Stoops. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, Sooners let go of long-time defense coordinator after giving up 48 points to Texas on Saturday. Wow. 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 Texas is back. Anyway, uh, Stranger Things, uh, let's, let's talk about that episode. I think it was episode nine of the no, season? No, episode
2: nine was the finale. It was episode seven. Seven.
0: I think. Oh, I forget that Stranger Things has. Um, less episodes than most Netflix series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not like it. You did like it. Mav, how did you feel?
1: I just wanted justice for Bob. At <laughs> a second, they're, they're escaping out of the facility and there's, they flirted with him going early before in the closet. Uh, with when the broom fell, was it the broomstick fell and that's what alerted the Demogorgon dog? Yes.
0: Yeah, and he's, Demidog, he sat there and please. looked at it for Demidog. five seconds. Huh? He sat there and looked at it for five seconds.
1: Run. Yeah. And so or and, pick up the stick. So I thought it was going to happen then, <laughs> but then they tease that and he, they make it all the way down, and then he gives the good old thumbs up, and I'm like, oh, it's over now. And then it goes slow motion, and then it Are happens.
0: Y'all f- Are y'all talkers when you watch stuff like that?
1: Sort of. And like those kind of moments, I'm like, oh, here it comes. Yeah we go.
2: Generally I don't talk, but I think I said something when I was watching it today.
0: Carlin, I I, yeah, Carlin and I were watching that together and I yelled, pick up the stick. And he he didn't hear me and rip bob. It cost him.
2: I was it cost him. (laughs) I think when it happened, I turned to Megan and I was like, oh boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I was asking about the the L episode. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I think it was a pretty good episode. I so I didn't like it. I thought it took me out of the flow of the season. I've seen shows do stuff like that where they Completely break away from the main story to tell a side story or a backstory or something like that. Uh Daredevil has done it. Uh Jessica Jones has done it. Avatar uh, did rec- it.
2: Breaking Bad did it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Forever did it really well on Amazon Prime um, in recent memory. Um but I think for me why it didn't work is I feel like it didn't in all of those instances. Even though it was different characters and a different story and maybe even a different story structure, it matched the tone of the season at, as a picture. I feel like that one was such a jarring tone shift, it took me so far out of of the season.
1: Personally, my biggest gripe, I thought the like the first couple of episodes just dragged on too much for me. So that's why it didn't really affect like the change of pace for me personally because I was, I was waiting for things to kind of pick up or change direction at least a little bit. I was needing something like that happening earlier in the season for me.
0: I think that Netflix shows, I talk about this every time I talk about Netflix shows, in general I have a problem with pacing where they they make shows like they would... If it was on network going um, every week, I think something that Maniac did really well was it switched up the episode length where it would have like a 40-minute episode, 45-minute episode, 50-minute episode, and then it would hit you with like a 25-minute episode just to give you kind of a mental break. And then after that, it was like, oh, the episode's already over. I can watch one more. And it kind of kept the momentum going. Um, I think that, I feel like that's something. I don't mean other... I don't mean to
2: interrupt, but no, on that point, I do think that if they had done something like that for L's episode, that it would have made it a lot better. Because I do think that that episode did seem to drag on a bit. Yeah, I think that the two shows where there are episodes like that that are most apparent to me are Avatar and Breaking Bad. And I think Avatar is an example of where it's done very well. And Breaking Bad, in my opinion, I know you and I disagree very much on this, is where it's done very poorly.
0: All hail Ryan Johnson. Is, oh, I love that episode. I think what?
2: that for Breaking Bad, I feel like it was unnecessary because you—it's those episodes are character growth and development episodes. And so I feel like you want that from a character that you're not getting development from otherwise. And you're getting Walt's whole arc anyways, whereas, like, in Stranger Things, you're not really learning much about Elle because it's not from her perspective. She's a main character, but she's a side main character. And in Avatar, that's the only chance you have to learn about Appa. Did
1: we lose Colby? Did we potentially lose him? I mean, I can Might have. keep talking. So, Like I said, it didn't take me out personally as much. I think looking
2: back on it, it was a little long and a little drawn out. But I think that a lot of the things that they brought up were necessary to understand the last episode and a half of the season when she's back in the picture.
1: I mean, the one the one-liner when she tries on her new outfit the quacking yes that's, that's that's one of my favorite moments of the whole episode
2: yeah <laughs> i mean i think that a big thing that you learn about her in that episode is you learn where her moral compass is at because she doesn't have a standard upbringing and so you don't really know She's
1: where she stands basically
2: yes exactly and you could tell when she refuses to kill the guy and refuses to let eight or whatever her name is, kill the guy that she knows what's right and wrong.
1: But I, I, I hope they continue down that vein and I hope they kind of reconvene and readdress it in the new season. Cause it kind of, the only one thing I will say is kind of, it did just kind of, it was there and gone. In terms of that storyline. Whereas they kinda teased it being a bigger thing at the beginning because it started out with that with the chase and her using yeah. um, her powers
0: to, to escape. Yeah, that's true. So Can I tell you why you're wrong? I heard none of that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um so I think that if I remember that character or if I remember that Series of, you might not even be talking about Breaking Bad anymore. If I remember that (laughs) series of episodes, it was very stressful. And I think that was a good way to break the tension of the series without breaking away from the tone of that season.
2: That's fair. I haven't watched Breaking Bad in three years, so I don't particularly remember
0: I haven't watched it in four. I just so.
2: remembered that I was on a roll, and that episode legitimately took me three months to get through. Because I would just fall asleep every time. Because you just I, hate sophistication. What?
0: You just hate sophistication. I
2: mean, you're not wrong. But, like, I feel like Breaking Bad is a mentally draining show. And just having a really boring episode when it's already mentally draining is a lot to process.
1: Immediately, I, I didn't actually go th- all, all the way through Breaking, Breaking Bad. Uh, I actually had to just start popcorning episodes, be, the important ones, just so I could get through. For that similar reason where I just kind of got exhausted going through the storylines.
0: It's a hard one to binge. Absolutely. I couldn't binge it. I had to watch a couple episodes at a time and then take a break. But I think that fly was a good break.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think that I would need to watch through it again to have another opinion. Because I feel like part of it is just that it took me so long to get through that one episode. That it's staying for me. But I do think I do agree with you on Breaking Bad being hard to binge. I think it's possible, but I felt like I could keep watching episodes of Stranger Things every time I watched an episode. Because even if it was intense, it was still lighthearted. Whereas Breaking Bad is a very dark show, and there's not a lot of comic relief. Like, after watching one episode of Breaking Bad, I felt like I had to do something else.
0: But going back to... What's the name of that show? Stranger Things. I, I, It was just a little too jarring for me to really get into it. And if I remember correctly, Elle was kind of making me mad at the moment. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't really feeling watching a whole episode about her. I think that would it would have served the whole show better to break up that storyline and put it as a B or C plot in like two episodes and make those episodes slightly longer. And then you have a more compact season without what I feel like is a wasted hour.
1: I was telling Aaron, uh, while we were waiting to get you back was like, I did wish it, it was a little more weaved into the overall storyline. Cause it was sort of like a one-off thing. And they teased it at the very beginning of the season where it seemed like eight was going to have a bigger role. And then they really mm-hmm. didn't follow that line, so I do I, I do somewhat agree with that. But also saying it did have some funny moments. That, uh, probably my favorite moment of the whole season, uh, Kobe was uh, censored quacking <laughs> after she was trying on clothes. That was just that was for whatever reason that's funny. I've done that several <laughs> times. <laughs> or never see people try like trying stuff so on, be like quacking. So, what do y'all think season three is going to be about?
0: I don't know. I hope it's something different. I like different.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I think that Season 2 was very well done as a continuation of Season 1. But I don't really see what more they can do. Unless it's directly with the Shadow Monster this time. Because I feel like they've kind of tapped that storyline dry. But I don't think it makes sense to do completely new for the last season of it.
0: Well, let's look to the 80s. They have done the the singular monster, your alien or your predator. They have done your action adventure movie with your aliens. Uh, maybe we'll get an alien versus predator thing where you have a demogorgon uh, fighting the smoke monster. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but aren't I feel they like on the
2: same team?
0: alien and predator?
2: No, demogorgon and shadow <laughs> monster.
0: Perhaps they are. I don't know. I I think that there's there are more tropes from the 80s that I'm not thinking about right now that they can pull out. That they can uh pull from, but I I just can't think of them right now.
2: So is that is that what the series is has intentionally done the first two seasons? Has it intentionally imitated movie
1: trends from the 80s not just movie trends just the 80s in general
2: well yeah i know like the it's set in the 80s and all that but like did they intentionally do season one where it's the one big bad and then season two where it's the multi big bads like in 80s movies
0: i think so if not that's how i'm gonna read it (laughs) um either way but i i I do think that it was like an on-purpose pastiche of those eight those eighties action movies. So interesting. Yep, yep. Uh should we take a break and call an audible?
2: Do we have an What's audible to call?
0: I don't know if we have an audible to call, but we still gotta do the ad read. True. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Audible. For you listeners of have never made Varsity, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I've listened to *Airborne* by Kenneth Opp. I've never figured out how to say his name but it's a good book Uh, through Audible you can download it or another audiobook free by trying audible.com to download your free audiobook today go to audiblechild.com slash nmvpod again that's audiblechild.com slash nmvpod for your free audiobook uh did y'all see the Sabrina trailer I
1: was not able to
0: actually let me ask this Did you watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch as a child?
1: I did not. Yeah, that's that's a negative.
0: Uh, I really liked Sabrina the Teenage Witch when I was a kid. I I think it was a really, at least for my whatever, seven-year-old mind, it was a really funny show to watch when I was sick at home, and I could see the talking cat, and the aunts were funny. And you know the Sabrina had her will she won't she thing with Harvey, but oh she has to hide she's a witch and it's a really fun lighthearted show, easy watch. Uh, this Sabrina, this new Sabrina of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, is based on a more current run of the sabrina comics uh from the executive producers of riverdale i'm not sure if they're going to put it in the riverdale universe but it is from the same producers it looks very dark and scary and i think it will um it'll hold me over until the next season of stranger things with with the spoops so it looks good i think it'll be good I'm really excited for it. I think you should watch this. Watch the trailer if you're into the spookies, which I'm. Again, I've discovered that I don't dislike horror. I just don't like jump scares. So, if you <laughs> want to see something cool in horror, I really think that I have trusted sources who have seen the show who say that Sabrina is going to be a good one. So, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, Mav and I. I've watched about the first half of Big Mouth. I forget if I'm four or five episodes in, but Mav, what do you think of season two so far?
1: I think they've really done a good job of just picking right back off uh, from where they left at the end of season one, just continuing to cover gen- generally the same topics. The, the comedy is still there. It's just as relatable as before. If not, they're getting into even more relatable stuff now, uh, like they're getting into friend zone stuff. Uh, just general stuff that's and it's still relevant. It's easy to to watch. There's a, it's very still very short episodes, like twenty five minutes long, so it's very easy to binge. I've just been busy this week with working, and it came out Friday, so I, about yet or today was my first day to really be able to watch several episodes in a row. But it's uh, this is my kind of comedy, my kind of humor. Uh, it's some good stuff.
0: Maybe I forgot how graphic this show was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they, like, stepped it up or I just don't remember how graphic it was in, in the first season. Mini-golf? But... Huh?
1: The At the mini-golf course? Yeah. And also the Korean was... <laughs> spa? <laughs> they,
0: uh... They go there. um, <laughs> All the way there. <laughs> and, I mean, everything that you said i i feel as well it's just a very well-made show um which again i feel like a lot of the humor would have been lost on me if i was 12 years old um i think with them making like penis jokes like it's still like a very smart show i do think they're being a little more pointed with their messages this year um or this season rather but I don't know. I I like. I still very much like this season of Big Mouth. I mean,
1: it's all star cast. You got John Mulaney, Nick Kroll, Gina Rodriguez is on cast this season. Um, we have Gina my...
0: Rodriguez from Smallfoot fame. Yes, she's Colca now. And uh, today is Michi.
1: Her character very relatable things, <laughs> but still tackling like what goes on. I'm not going to do spoilery too much with it um but stuff that basically jenny slate jenny slate um, yes
0: yeah mona lisa from um parking Rec. if you're not yep if that helps uh also in venom by the way <laughs> yeah um jordan peele still and jordan
1: peele <laughs> is the ghost of duke ellington <laughs> um now the one thing i was gonna let if y'all are just start watching the season uh if any of you are big John Mulaney fans, there is a nice little Easter egg that I was able to catch. Maybe I'll see if anyone else is able to catch it. Um, just pay attention to a certain accent one of Mulaney's voice characters takes and see if you might remember where you've heard that before. And also take a look at the context of the character. It's a very much a deep cut with John Mulaney's comedy.
0: Yes, yes. All right, I'm gonna hit this one quick question from Michael. Then we can finish finish it off with some Star Wars. Ooh, I'm, I'm excited. Um, Michael Co wants to know what we think is the most Oscar baity film we see in this batch of Oscar bait. Um, I don't think y'all are as in tune with the award races as I am. I do not pay <laughs> attention to that.
1: Yeah, not because. I'm just bad with timelines, remembering what's in or what qualifies.
0: Gotcha. Um, I think the most Oscar baby is going to be the favorite. Uh, It is a period piece. It has enough big names that some people, like some mainstream, it will get some mainstream looks at it. Uh, it has Emma Stone and, oh, someone else who I can't remember. Um, Rachel Weisz in it, telling the story of Queen Anne, and it's a comedy about rich British people, which very much seems like an Oscar bait type of thing. Uh, I heard it's not bad. Uh, so I think I'll probably go see it when it comes out. It currently has an 8.6 out of 10 from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So if I can find time, December is going to be crowded for me. Um, because everything comes out in December at the same time, including Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, so I'm going to try to go see the favorite. I've heard good things, but that's very much an Oscar Beatty movie. All right. Are you ready, Mav? I'm always ready. So we have the n- the name of the show that will be on Disney's uh streaming service. So it will be called The Mandalorian, correct?
1: Yep, it is titled The Mandalorian.
0: And we have the list of directors. Um So here's how I interpreted this, Mav. Uh Dave Filoni, who has directed some of the episodes of the animated show, the animated shows, is going to direct the first episode. They say the first episode, if I had to guess, he's not just directing the first episode. Um, He'll direct a couple um, as the season goes on. Um, We have Deborah Chow, who has directed episodes of Jessica Jones. Um, Rick Famuyiwa, uh, who directed episodes of Dope. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who is Ron Howard's daughter, and also in uh, Jurassic World and other things. She's an actor, uh, Black Mirror. Uh, She did direct the short film um, Soulmates, which I heard was pretty good, but I personally haven't seen it. And Taika Waititi, who did... Thor Ragnarok most recently, but also... Not Piece of No Nation. That's someone else. No, that's Carrie Fukunaga. Uh, Taika Waititi, who's also done... Other comedy sorts of things. I think this is a very interesting mix of directors.
1: I would I would definitely agree. Like They're definitely doing several different directing styles. Uh, several ways of potentially attacking... The source material, and get it. When you were saying earlier about Dave Filoni, if he's not directing multiple episodes, he is heavily involved in the creative process. I mean, he's still going to be along for every single episode, and has virtually an idea of what they're doing if he's not directing himself. Uh, but I still think it's very much John Favreau's project um, as producing. Uh, but Dave Filoni, I mean, he's he's done a lot of creative for the animated series and so forth. So he he'll still definitely have a heavy hand
0: in the series. Yes. But I was thinking of Hunt for the Wilder People, by the way, for Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this is a a really strange mix. Taika Waititi, he's known for more physical humor in the things that he does, and like a visual. Or I won't say physical humor as much as visual humor. Um, where Deborah Chow. Uh, does more character type of stuff. Again, I haven't seen Sola, so I'm interested to see what Bryce Dallas Howard does, but obviously she has the Star Wars connection through her father. I don't know. I, As you might remember, I was very skeptical about this show when I first heard about it. This definitely has me pretty excited for what they're going to come up with because if anything it's going to be different from episode to episode and i think that'll be to its credit
1: and i think this is a welcome addition to the fan base as a whole because it is a departure from the rebels versus the empire the resistance versus the first order there are other things going on in this universe other than this war and there are still a lot of lawlessness even in the these systems in the galaxy so it's it's taking a new direction and it's new and that's what lucasfilm said they were going to do make new stories and that's what a lot of fans were starting to ask for was just give us new stuff and it's just an, it's just recognizable and um like it's yeah it's just enough because it's mandalorians because most everybody has Like, some connection to at least something Mandalorian, either whether it be Jango Fett, Boba Fett, the Mandalorians in Clone Wars, or in uh, Star Wars Rebels. So it's taking some...
0: Even a... Oh, sorry. Even a casual Star Wars fan, like, a Star Wars fan who's seen all eight movies so far, or ten movies, whatever, ten or eight movies, knows, has at least heard of a Mandalorian.
1: Yes. So it's taking just a shred of of relatability from something they have viewed in the in the lore and they're now they're expanding upon it and using that to create a new story so i think it's very important when you're making new sto- new stories while we want a, a very original plot line storyline and so forth but still relying on that star wars magic relying on certain things that can help be like hey i've heard of that before yeah i think i do want to know a little bit more about what mandalorian culture is um why do they wear these kind of uniforms and so forth?
0: Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I, I was skeptical. This made me less skeptical. Um, I'm just excited to see the direction this is going to head in.
1: And we also got the first, uh, live photo, um, for the series, uh, John Favreau released that. And also, Star Wars uh, released the official picture. It looks clean, looks real clean. Looks like they're on somewhat of a desert planet, and there's of course a Mandalorian in full-clad armor uh, walking through what seems like a marketplace area. So, uh, and something a lot of fans have been asking for, somewhat of an underworld movie. We sort of got that with Hans, the Han Solo film, but I think. Fans were even wanting even a little bit more investment. And so that's what John Favreau's, uh, so like, the paragraph that he released was sort of getting at that. Where, like I said, we're getting away from politics. We're getting away from the Empire, First Order, the Resistance, and the New Republic. It is is in a completely Trade another world within the galaxy. So I'm yeah. excited to see where they take that.
0: As am I. All right. Anything else this week before we get out of here? I'm good. I am also good. David, you good? I'm good. (laughs) All right.
1: (laughs) Find out next week if David's okay with this.
0: He's not if gonna be like, okay like, with
2: me imitating his voice like that.
0: This will be interesting. This will be interesting whenever this episode comes out. But until then, you can find us at tinyurl.com. dot com uh, Never made varsity. Leave us a five star <laughs> rating and review on iTunes. Don't laugh at me. You can't do it any better. Anything you like, there, like, share, let us know via our Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you to Audible for sponsoring the show. For your 30-day trial, go to com slash nmvpod. Thank you to David Cutter for the music. And we'll see you on Sunday.
1: Bye. Adios, amigos.